Everybody, welcome to a special episode of the Key Chargers. We are uh, post Indie Vault Tour, coming from a little bit different location than normal. We have a round table for tonight, and literally, we're sitting around a table with a phone uh, doing the recording. I'll try to get the audio as best I can. Uh, we are joined tonight, though, by, as always, my cohort in crime, Justin. Hello, uh, James. Hey, guys. Uh, Sean. How's it going? And we have a special guest with us tonight, Isaac. What's up? Isaac is uh, James' son and is uh, <laughs> 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 well, um, uh, I think what, you uh, day two to Gen Con? Yeah, so I day two with Gen Con. Hey, uh, what got you into, since you're, you're our interview tonight, what got you into card games? Yeah, so it's just been gaming a lot in my family. We used to play Dice Masters. And then we transitioned to Star Wars Destiny, but that was a little hard to keep up with. So then we heard about Keyforge and tried it out, and it's really fun. Um, what's your? Uh, you've been to a couple different vault tours now. Which is your favorite? I really like this one. I had a lot of fun at this one, even though I made day two at Gen Con. It was really fun just exploring new cards and new combinations. Do you have a favorite match from any of that or any other matches sometime? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I've, I did have a like a rematch with the guy that I had at Gen Con that was kind of brutal today though. Okay. Uh, I'm slightly disappointed that you didn't say that your best match was against me at Gen Con. I mean that one I kinda was, understand why maybe not. Yeah, but. that was brutal. You had Anga with Time Traveler and kept getting Anga back after I tried to kill her. And you really did a good job mitigating my board that game. So I have a I have a question. What in the new Worlds Collide What's your favorite house, and then also, what is your favorite card out of the entire sets? I think I have to lean towards Star Alliance, because they have more playing out of house, and I really like that, even though Saurians may be the stronger house right now. Right. So I, I like Star Alliance the best, too, just the interaction with them. Uh, yeah. Not just playing outside of house, but there's a lot going on. and Yeah, some of the blasters with three... Like, if you have a Kakar's Blaster with three Kakar's, then it's really fun to just move it around between creatures and mets. Well, as always, um, you know, when we uh, interview a guest, we like to have a deck of their choice on here. And uh, what deck do we have tonight? Yeah, so tonight we played a sealed team. I chose a deck that I pulled called the Notable Governor. I have Saurian, Star Alliance, and Brobnar. Notable uh, when I first counted the creatures, it has 23, and I was really impressed because uh, that's what my uh, Gen Con sealed tournament had. So I just took it. I went 3-3 three and three today. It has 8 Promnar, 7 uh, Star Alliance, and 8 Soaring creatures. The I have 3 Kin, kin, kin Cans, uh, Double Stilt Kin, an Old Boomy, uh, one game today, I had Old Boomy with a Light of the Archons and a Stunner on him, which gave him two shields, and I basically archived my whole 12-card deck in one reef, which was really cool. By then, the game was over, but that was really cool to have. It has a Axiom of Grisk and two Red Alerts for board mitigation. Um, and then some of the Saurian capture combos, like 
I have Ancient Power and then Axiom. That both of them like to have Amber on all of your creatures and having cards like Stomp, which I choose a creature to exalt after dealing 5 damage to a creature and destroying it. Or Aratu Hisaro, who has Deploy, play ready and exalt each of his neighbors. Um, and you get to use them. And then I have two Legatus Raptors, which let me, uh, after I fight, I can exalt him and use another friendly creature. So there was a lot going on with combos and potential. Yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, you know, we were on a team today. You know, we had teams yesterday in the team kind of crazy sealed format that we may talk about later. Um, but today we kind of changed it up, kind of hopefully not everybody playing on the same teams back-to-back day for the key chargers. And um, it was me, you, and uh, Michael. When we were opening up decks, you know, you were like, oh, I want to play this one. I'm like, well, it must be good. And then, you know, obviously, I looked at it a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> and Michael's deck was really good. But um, kind of the fun part was uh, my deck was actually really bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's the fun part. But the fun part uh, of the day is, you know, I mean, you know, I know Isaac a little bit, you know, and we don't know each other that well. But I think we know each other quite a bit better today. Um, because my I usually got beat fairly fast, and that very first game where you had to play against a Legacy Grunt Buggy Iron Obelisk deck, yeah. and we're down and couldn't forge, couldn't forge, and I basically almost got to play at least shoulder to shoulder with you for it seemed like half that match, um, and give you any you know tidbits that I could. Uh, the deck is gross. Um, the deck is really really nasty. It's really hard to take board from you. Um, you've got two red alerts and an Axiom. In case they want to try to wipe your board, you can usually do it right back to them and then just take the board right back from them. So many creatures, uh, your Saurian house is just nasty. I I don't know how many power um, the Centaurian had on him at the end of that first game. Uh, I thought he had maybe 20 counters on him or something. It was was crazy. crazy. So, um, And just to be able to keep doing that kind of stuff over and over again keep trying to cycle back into tribute and some of the things you were doing. It was, it was fun to watch. It's a really, really cool deck. And yeah, whenever I saw you reap for old Boomy and just go, I'm just going to draw, 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 draw. Oh, I got a Bravnar. Oh no. It absorbs my armor. I'm just like, wow, this is, uh, <laughs> this is crazy when it goes off. So I don't know what you guys see. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, Star Alliance and looking at the, you know, the triple Ken can. I, I heard you try to call a house out that that wasn't available to you. Yeah, I didn't understand for, that. For three <laughs> amber, but they were quick to call a judge and, and correct that. But, it was, you know, it was good uh, outside-the-box thinking. I mean, I, I, I like Officer Ken Can, but he's only good, like, early game, really, because, well, I, may, I, I say that, but maybe not, because once, once you get your board and board wipe them, then they're going to have to start playing creatures and stuff that you may not share houses with. Otherwise, their hands are going to get clogged and keep them clogged until they get rid of Kin Can. Yeah, and the, the board wipes right there with the red alerts, double red alert. That's just crazy. And and one of my favorite cards, too, is, is the, the Light of the Archons. So, but th- that's the one thing I see lacking on this deck. You only got two upgrades, Stunner and Light of the Archon. Could you imagine a, a, another blaster or two on there? Attached to your uh, Quester Jarda, or yeah, yeah, um, Centurion, the, the power yeah. of the Centurion. I it would have been cool to have a, a Kin Can's Blaster with three of those archiving cards like crazy. That'd be really cool. Yeah, where you could just move it between all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Shuffle it. So 
I'm curious because it has Dr. Driscoll in it. So the Driscoll has an action where uh, she can heal two damage from a creature and gain one amber for each damage healed that way. So you've got some Brobnar, which got some some heft to them. So was that would you know was that a, a play that you found yourself using often, or you know, were you, how much amber do you think if you had a chance to gain from from her alone? Um, I don't know if I used her a ton. A few times where I would play. Or I would use her on creatures that had damage already on them. And because I had uh, a match where a guy kept using my, or using his ire staff to enrage my creatures, so then I had to fight and put a little bit of damage on them, and I tried to keep them alive. So that was helpful in keeping them alive a little bit. Uh, I liked the uh, Stigatus Raptor, or Legatus Raptor. Uh, I could use Dr. Driscoll. While I was playing Saurian, because I think I found myself playing Saurian a lot more than Star Alliance, just because they're so they're so dirty in this deck. So, so now that you guys mentioned Doctor Driscoll, it made me think of Grand Nine Toes. I'm going to read the the text on Grand Nine Toes. Uh, Grand Nine Toes gets plus four power while it is damaged. So, um, uh, then the flavor text says Grand Nine Toes gets the power bonus. If he's damaged, say he's got two damage on him, he gets plus four power, right? So what if Doctor Driscoll heals him? The two damage does he go? Does he lose those power counters because he's not damaged anymore? So the the text just states while it is damaged. So my guess is the yeah. power counter goes away. Yeah, yeah, it just it. it's something I just now thought of. I didn't think about it before, and I've seen him numerous times and. It's just something to keep an eye out on. Yeah, most of the time you see him damaged, right? And, and he, I, I don't know if it would be the first one I healed because I don't want to. I don't want to have him, right. you know, come down from being a nine power creature, yeah. uh, especially if, if it's you have a chance to like ire staff it or something like and that. There's you know, a so. there's a maverick or a legacy grunt buggy out there. Right. Uh, yeah, we know that now too. <laughs> there's a, a legacy drummer knot and a legacy grunt buggy, buggy deck out there, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, with between Orator and Legatus Raptor, you, you can use Driscoll multiple times to heal off damage off of some of those bigger Brobner creatures and, and gain a lot of Amber that way. It seems like that would be a good use of it, too, if you can keep it, you know, from being enraged or, you know, like you say, if you're having some issues, then you've got Karkar to, to protect her. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it seems like they're, you know, pretty good. Or you could have a pretty good burst amber off house with that specific combo. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to mention is one of the my favorite cards that I was playing today. Even though I missed its trigger a bunch, I use the floor as lava a lot. I have five characters with armor, so I was able to take off some of my armor and then plink a lot of my opponent's lower characters, and that allowed me to finish them off with like Grobnar or do things that I wouldn't. I know one time I floors lava into a red alert, so then I was able to kill a creature that I wouldn't normally be able to. So, and even well, one, nine toes, pretty cool target to just ding one, so it becomes a nine. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty cool target too. Yeah. How do you protect? How did you protect your amber? I mean, you've got a lot of ability to get amber on here from tribute to Legatus Raptor. Uh, how did you keep it? I mean, that—that's the the struggle I felt this whole weekend with Saurian was. How much do I push? Uh, this feels like they've added this push your luck type mechanic to the game with Exalt, 
and and there were many times that I was trying to decide is the ability or the benefit worth it because I'm essentially, if I'm not careful or if my deck doesn't have an ability to, giving them that amber, it's just delayed giving. Uh, how did you in this particular deck protect your amber uh, and, and not get it taken away? So, yeah, when I was playing uh, Questor Jarcha today, I know I made sure to, if I would only exalt him, like if I had him next to a taunt, and I would, I'd be more risky with him next to taunt. But normally I won't exalt him just because I, I don't want to give them amber. And today I also played uh, against someone who I had my Centurion's uh, Snopius, and he had like seven amber on him, and I expected him to not die, but then my opponent played a Neutron Shark and just plinked him off, and that ended up losing me the game because I could, just couldn't take care of that much amber uh, on their side. And one to watch out for, too, is Tertiate, right? Yep. Because that's the the story one-third of your enemies, or one-third one of yours and one-third of your enemies. And creatures, and, and it's rounded up, not rounded down. So it's just something to watch out for. Okay, everybody, welcome back. We're going to talk to in our main segment now about the Indie Vault Tour recap. And talk, uh, kind of go around the table, talk about uh, decks. Uh, before we get started, I know we want to first talk about the team. And the team, man, uh, you know, I posted in our Facebook page this morning early when I woke up um, that it, uh, you know, super, super proud of the way we all played this weekend. And, and it, was, uh, it was really pretty impressive. I, I don't think another team's done what we've done this weekend. We put six team members into day two. Um, we had another uh, couple of local people. One local mm-hmm. person made day two as well. Um, that's you know not necessarily a member of the team, but has played you know in and around some events. And um, and we had a couple just barely miss the cut. So that were playing forward in round six yesterday. So it was it was pretty awesome. So you know first of all we'll congratulate. Um, Ryan, who's not, you know, able to make it here tonight, uh, sit around the table. My son made day two, Chris, David who's Schultz. been on the, in the podcast. Yeah, David, um, also made a, a day two today. So, you know, and then we have three of us, uh, of, of the five of us sitting here that also made day two. So, you know, congrats obviously to James and, uh, and Sean as well. And myself, uh, made a uh, day two. So, and, uh, uh, Rick from Indianapolis too made it. He's not part of the team, but he he's been out quite a bit and plays with us a lot. So, yeah, he does. Um, you know, it was a win. I think we represented ourselves well, put two into the top eight. You know, unfortunately, we had a couple of key charger on key charger matches that we're going to prevent. You know, putting as much as we wanted into further into the tournament. You know, the one thing I, I can't remember who I was talking to. I don't I don't think anybody on our team drew a deck that could make the top four. Uh, truthfully, once I saw everybody's deck in play on day two that I could because I was playing, so I didn't see everybody's deck, but James and Sean's. I don't know if any of the decks were good enough to win this thing or compete at the very highest levels, but I think we knew the cards well enough from as much as we've been practicing and playing. I think we do good decks, and I think we played them very, very well at high levels, um, you know, and, you know, not to say that we didn't have 
good bets. We, we did, but I don't think that they were, you know, Nathan won the event today, you know, Corey Fan from SAS, and, I mean, that deck is gross. Uh, with, you know, triple ED and double wild wormhole and all the things it does in Saurian and all the things it does in Star Alliance. It, it is, you know, one of those, you know, if you start making a wish list, it checks almost every box on the wish to hide and, uh, you know, the hide and vellum combo stuff, I mean, the, that that Logos does on top of having really good sorry and really good star lines. We, we, I don't think any of us have a deck like that. You know, we don't have decks that just completely go off the rails no matter what house you call. We may have good one or two houses in some of our decks, but not necessarily the three power <clears throat> combo type stuff. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to add to, uh, like, uh, with a with target distribution issue like a lot of us were able to go and get get these worlds collides deck early and we we sat and practiced a lot like throughout the last month every time we got together we would be playing worlds collide early before we played the actual chain bound events that we attended and stuff so i mean we got we got a lot of practice in and and i think i think it showed that we we practiced it and and just learned the cards like all, all the playing helped, you know, kind of, I, I, I feel like I didn't have to open my deck to go through the card. I can look at the deck list to kind of figure out if I wanted to play it or not when I was deciding my, my three decks. So I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, I think the, the, the ability to practice early gave us a sense and a feel for what the different houses could do. Um, we were able to say, okay, when we look at Sarian, this is what we're looking for. Uh, when we look at Star Alliance, this is what we're looking for. We want to make sure that uh, the balance is, is well fit. Because I remember opening up some of those boxes and thinking, oh, this is going to be amazing. And it just did not work. Uh, it was great, too, also, as we did that, to see how the houses that we're used to kind of took on a new light. Uh, Dis has some really powerful cards in it now that do some stuff that it hasn't done in the past. Uh, and so... You know, whereas before we may not have been excited about opening this decks, uh, now I mean, there's some really powerful cards. I had to look across the board for all of the houses, even in Brabnar, um, that you know some some consider probably on the lower end of of power for this set. Um, got some pretty cool cards, um, some pretty good, powerful cards uh, with them. And so, yeah, I think you just look across the board and you can see that, you know, the, they, the game has been stepped up just, you know, to the next, the next step of, of power. And, and uh, I think as far as, you know, when stuff started initially rolling out and now getting to actually see it play and, and now we've had a vault tour with it, you know, you get to see um, a lot of those combos and things that, you know, maybe were a little outside of what I normally, you know, initially thought, you know, just getting getting to look at it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I played around with it a little bit and uh, definitely not as much as you guys. But, I mean, just, just the discussions we've had about that, about the set have been, you know, were really helpful for me in determining, you know, what we want to look for and what we want to do, as James was saying. So, um, you know, it just, I, if you're not excited about this set, then I don't know if you should be playing the game because it's, this is a good set. 
Yeah, it it does really good against like some even AOA and sometimes Coda. It does really well. We've played a few times against Coda, and it has even beat the good Coda deck. I think they did a really good job with balancing some of the cards, and a lot of the the houses have some of the things that can do the same thing, but with with their own twist. Uh, I like what they did with the key cheats and the leaders. For sure. Um, Sean, why don't you get us started? I mean, you were, you and James uh, finished a little higher than than the rest. You guys both made top eight, so awesome job, both of you. And uh, you know, fire off about your decks, maybe. So, so yeah, I went I went top eight. I had a deck called Bjorn, Sage of the Paranoid Sea. It is Star Alliance, Saurian, and Shadows. I ended day day one at five and one. I was going into round five at four and zero oh and lost. And I I. The pressure was on then because the the my four my round five match the guy won three keys to zero on me and I did that pretty much all day I either won three keys to zero against my opponents or three keys to one the majority of the time and uh, and it's mostly thanks to my story and uh, sweet so like I I could get out uh, some golden spirals I got two golden spirals and a library of polyosaurus. But the, the, the star of it is my uh, Kompso's Haru Specs. Uh, he uh, allows each friendly creature's play effect is a play reap effect, which helps out with my Tricere. I got double Tricere and Legionary, so I ward my Kompso's Haru Specs and also my double uh, Philothosauruses. And, and in order, you know, uh, with the Haru Specs to make my legionary the playability to ward a friendly creature i just kept warding everybody when i reaped uh and i just kept going over and over i had a pterodactyl that i had unstunned for the most part and like if their board got out of control i would just keep fighting to to limit their board down but uh and then then the golden spirals to exalt everybody and re-reap with my philophosaurus just to keep keep my card draw going and bring my archive up, uh, and I did. I did have some good still in here too. So, you know, I had a uh, just a Ronnie. Well, I guess not good still. I had a Ronnie with a hit and run, but it I, it usually gave me the lead pretty quickly when I did it and kept him off a key. And if I kept him off a key with a Ronnie, you know, I I, I would hold my Red Tor Gallum uh, and then play it, and then the next turn. You know, to increase our keys plus three, the next turn I would exalt it using my golden spiral to even increase it more with the play reap effect as Comso's horror specs. So anytime I reap with them, it would increase the cost by three uh, by by exalting him. And then the play effect is a reap effect, so it would increase it by another three. So it was just, it was pretty gross if I got that combo out the whole time. Um but yeah, I, I ended up uh, top eight. Uh, my top eight match was really tough. The guy got ahead of me, two two to nothing. I plugged away and got two two keys to one. And uh, what helped me? He he was on a. Well, I guess I got to. I came back and got two keys to two. And he was at check with a a whole bunch of Saurian out that he could uh, forge wow. using Amber on the Saurian cards, and I. I killed one of the creatures, and then I, I reaped with my other guy to draw 
the only chance I had was to draw a card with uh, my Star Alliance, and I drew it, and it was the, uh, let me think. Quintrino Flux. Yeah, Quintrino Flux. I, I got it just in time to take it, to destroy his other creature so he wouldn't have enough amber to forge on his turn, and it, it bypassed the turn. But I got enough amber to forge my third key, and he just kept me off my third key and got the seven, and all I could do was take one one amber away from him. So, incredible play by you on. I mean, yeah, I mean, was, you talk about <laughs> talking about lucky top, top oh, decks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you get that. I had actually, admittedly, maybe embarrassingly, walked away from the table for it. I was like, oh man, well, I don't know what what Sean's gonna do. And I come back and you're still playing. And I turned to him and said, Neil, how is he still playing? And he had to explain the play to me. Uh, but yeah, well, he, he had a Senator Shrix, and then he had Brooded on protecting with Taunt, the Brachus. They all had Amber on them, yeah. so he had five Amber sitting on his Archon guard, and he had, I think, at least five Amber sitting between those three. Yeah. You know, and so Sean attacked into Shrix, um, you know, and killed Shrix, put some damage on Brachus, I think, with the Plasma Nozzle or something. Yeah. And then the, as the effect is that he could draw a card. And when he drew Quintrino, I just shook my head. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, how did you do that? Like, I mean, that is just uh, an amazing top deck. And, you know, it kept him in it. And, you know, the guy, uh, you know, I happened can't, to get some cards. He called Dis, played a whole bunch of Dis stuff. Yeah. And was just able to I, I can't remember my opponent's name. I, I would love to remember because he was a great player. He was very gracious. John, I think it was John or Josh. Yeah, I think it was John. Because he beat Josh. Was in the Cincinnati area yeah. somewhere is where he's from, so that I know. So. Thank you, John from Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I mean, like, he, he was very gracious, but he, he was a very smart and methodical player, too, because he thought about everything through, and he, he killed my Ken Can because I had uh, 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 fingers there, too, to, to still one. And then in my hand, I had a card that I was able to steal one, but I wasn't able to steal two. I, I could, so he got to seven, and I can only keep off that one. If he didn't kill my Ken Can, it would have been different because I would have just called Shadows and taken one back. And then who knows what would have happened then. But it, it was a great game and a well-deserved win by So uh, I have, James, had a really good first day, a surprising first day. I think I got 3-1 in my first game, so I'm 0-1, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm just going to really enjoy this. Uh, for the first time, I brought all three of my sons, my 14-year-old, my 12-year-old, my 9-year-old, and so I got to sit next to my 9-year-old all day long. They uh, were able to lock our seat, uh, which is really cool, uh, and so I got to play next to him and just be with him, um, and so I just was really enjoying myself, and I ended up winning out, which really surprised me. Uh, my deck is... Mentor, you, the letter, leave evolve. Uh, and uh, it's a Brobnar, Saurian, Star Alliance. Uh, and really, uh, the Brobnar is nice. It's got some, some stuff that it can do with a triple Mog Hunter, uh, which you know, is a beefy character, as well as being able to do two damage to the side. And you pair that with uh, Iron Obelisk, and I was able to keep some people either off keys or able to make their keys cost a lot. But the real action uh, when the deck got moving was uh, with the capture. Uh, it was really neat to have a deck that took advantage of what Worlds Collide is able to do. Uh, this deck that I pulled had three 
first officer framed, and two, Tribune Pompatus. Uh, so first officer Frayne is play, fight, reap, a friendly creature captures one. So it doesn't have to be Frayne. It can be any of them. Uh, and so anytime you play her, you can capture one. And then in Saurian, Tribune Pompatus is a dinosaur. And it says each friendly creature gets plus two power for each amber on it. And then before fight, you may exalt him. So that's really awesome. I collect Amber by capturing with Frame and with some of the other abilities. Like I had one Legatus Raptor, I had Tribune, um, I had Golden Spiral. And so I was capturing Amber. And then when I played the Tribune Pompatus, and especially if I could get both of them out, now all of a sudden it's not just about the Amber that I've kept you off of, but your Amber has powered up my creatures. Uh, and then every turn that I have uh, First Officer Frame out, uh, I can reap or fight uh, to capture more. And then I had two Chant of Hubris, which gives you an amber and lets you move an amber. Uh, so then I could spread my amber out across my characters. And uh, I know one of my games, uh, I had a board that was a playmat and a half wide with all of them having at least plus four power, if not plus six or plus eight. Uh, that was really kind of where it shined. It also had some uh, mechanics that helped as well. It had a triple volcano, uh, which if you needed to clear the board of small creatures, it could do. Uh, and then uh, in two of my games in particular, uh, Forge Master Og made a big difference. I uh, had one opponent on day one who pushed really far uh, into 10, 12, 14, because you know, they knew I didn't have shadows, so they weren't worried about too much to protect. Uh, and I was able to play Forge Master, and so instead of now having one key and ready for your second one, you have one key and no amber. Uh, and unfortunately, that that was kind of the all-star today. Uh, Neil and I had to play each other, and, and I did not want to do that. I would rather have us matched up much later, but I think that's what ultimately won the game for me, because uh, he had pushed to 10 amber for his second key, and right as he did that, I played Forge Master Og, which kind of reset the board in some ways because I was able to forge that next turn. So now we're both at two keys instead of me being behind at two keys and him already pushing for that third. Uh, so it was a fun deck to play, uh, fun uh, interactions to figure out, uh, and, and really it treated me well, and I, I was really glad to be able to play in the event. Cool, yeah, I'll talk about mine real quick here. <clears throat> um, you know... I think going into opening the decks, I mean, we all wanted Saurian. I was not left with that option once I cracked open three decks. Um, the first deck I opened um, had Nizak. It's the first anomaly I've seen. So I was like, whoa, Nizak, cool. And Brobnar with like multiple volcanoes that will just kill him. And, you know, and if he takes any other damage, you know, it, it was bad. And, and I think the deck had 15 creatures. Um, and then the second deck I opened is the one I played, and the third deck I opened had 16 creatures. So they were about the same. I knew 15, 16 is slightly below average from what I'm hearing. Worlds Collide is more like 18. I did not want to play a below average creature deck, so it made my deck choice simple. I looked through it a couple different times, and I was like, I've got to play this. I don't have a choice, in my opinion. Um, the neat things about the deck um, is, uh, you know, and, and on some level, as much as I... Like the guys, uh, you know, Z from Archon's Corner and Eric, Justice Blinded from Team Sass. Um, you know, I'm not as, as, as down on Brobnar in this set as, as some people are. I mean, I, I do think NARP's a pretty 
weak card. I think Power of Fire is horrible. Um, there are some really bad cards in this set in Brobnar, and they did get rid of some of the really good ones. Um, when you pull a deck with Legacy Crump, um, Double Groak, Mega Groak, um, it, it, it'd be and Ganger Chieftain to be able to do it fairly quickly uh, and get out there and take Amber away. Um, it's it's unusual in this set. I also happen to have a, a, a Berserker Slam in it as well. Um, and so, you know, that was the weird thing. You know, I call Brobnar and you lose Amber, which is unusual in Worlds Collide so far. So it had Logos um, um, and uh, Shadows as well. The Shadows wasn't great, but the thing in Shadows that helped me against almost every Saurian deck that I played was Kaimor Eclipse. Kaimor Eclipse is, is just a world beater. If you want to go and grab all that Amber with one of your last creatures and it happens to be on the end, you're going to you're gonna see him go away, and I don't... I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about Imperial Scudum because um, I'm not destroying your creature. They're just getting shuffled back in. So, um, and that and that that definitely won me a couple first matches. I I seem to play Saurian in every round, uh, most rounds, and I just know Saurian well enough that I have to take board control and I have to kill them as soon as they get anything on the board because I can't let them do their goofiness. Um, and uh, you know, there, there was a lot of good ones. There was a very super close match. I lost an overtime match at Gen Con to a gentleman named Peyton near the Cincinnati area is where he's from. And um, I lost in overtime because he went second um, in the overtime rules. Everybody knows that's that's kind of uh, unless things are really lopsided, you know, that's a huge advantage being the last player to go. And I played him going into round or in round three. Um, sitting at two and zero, oh, super far ahead. He drops Quicksoul Stone and levels the board. And um, I'm going to tell you that I think we see nothing but a bunch of shaking heads around the table right now. Uh, I think that is the new hated card. It makes Heart of the Forest almost look mild because it just stalls the game. Um, you don't make Amber because you can't really play creatures uh, like you want to. And when I did, I did choose a deck with twenty creatures. Um, I guess I should say the name of the deck. I'll link it in the in the notes in the podcast, but Desdemona M Heartsteel comma the one, um, and uh, you know I thought it was a pretty good anti-meta match with being able to just kind of pound away at things and, and getting some amber control that way, um, and uh, you know it worked against him. I was able to slug it out. I went I went last in the overtime and uh, was able to pull it out. Fairly close, and um, then we went uh, we went to lunch. Came back, and I lost immediately to the guy that beat me at the prime the week before, James from uh, Louisville. Um, and so I, uh, uh, you know, was three and one. Won my fifth round match really easy. Sixth round was on stream. You guys can go watch it. I think it may be the first data forge for the win. On stream that's been captured so far, um, I actually data forged for negative two. That was Joni from Toronto. Um, uh, she was uh, super friendly, sport about it. Um, I controlled that match from the get go, um, and uh, you know I saw no Saurian in her deck. I don't believe, and that was that was control the board and just keep pounding things off the board so that I didn't have to worry about it. And uh, she did tell me afterwards she had no board control, and that was uh, pretty much. She, she was great at controlling Amber, um, so it created a bibliophile situation where I was just reaping for cards in hand, uh, knowing that hopefully eventually I'd draw a Data Forge and just win the game. So 
Um, and then obviously, you know, we played into day two, top 16. Me and James knew we had to play. And James can jump in here too. But, uh, you know, um, in that match, I mean, I jumped out to an early I, – I looked at his houses. I honestly – I think I remember looking over from a distance and seeing James's match where he was, you know, like a board and a half. Uh, you know, a mat and a half worth of cards the day before. But I actually didn't. I thought he had Sorian, probably because of the board situation like that. Um, but whenever he flipped over, I actually didn't know you had Robnar until I looked at your Archon card. I didn't know. And I was like, oh, Robnar, this isn't good. Um, I was like, you know, that I hadn't faced Robnar at all. Um, so it was nice not having to deal with other big creatures, typically, except for Sorian. Um, and this time you had both. Um and so I knew any mulligan, anything else that I did had to be for board control. And it worked for the longest time. It got me with the Forge Master. I, I, as good of a play and as great as that was the, the catch-up mechanic, it was when you flipped your deck, and obviously you shuffled, I shuffled, and you shuffled right back into Robnar. And I'm like, you volcano twice, threw out three creatures, and I'm like, I don't have an answer. Like, I had Logos to jump Amber back up, but I knew it was pretty much over. Yeah, it was really, really close. I, I fell behind the whole game, and Neil did a really good job of controlling the board, particularly with his Brobnar. I didn't feel like I could get the bigger uh, Brobnars. And and I was shocked when I looked at his board. Like he said, you know, I call Brobnar, you lose Amber. Uh, all of his creatures, I looked over at one point, and every creature he had was like, fight, lose an Amber. I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to have any Amber. So... Yeah, so, I mean, that was, uh, once again, I mean, you know, two top eights. Um, you know, Chris, my son, went out in the play-in match to the eventual runner-up to Nathan, uh, Justin, from uh, the St. Louis area. Um, and uh, that deck was pretty gross with Fangtooth Cavern early against Chris to nope. control the board. Double Taliga. And yeah, the double Taliga, and then he played the Quixelstone to kind of just finish it off where you just can't play creatures, even though... When you do, he gains Amber, and then whenever you start to catch up and maybe get Talia off the board, suddenly Quicksilstone comes out and it controls the board that way. So um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a crazy combo. He obviously uh, played it really, really well on day two because he knocked out 6-0 and and almost got Nathan. Or, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't see the match, but he, he at least got two Nathan um, you know, at the very end there. So great job from him, and obviously congratulations to Nathan. Um, you know, so uh, I... I do want to say uh, everyone I played at the vault tour during the actual main event and then on the, all the team events we did, the side events, everyone was great to play with. Um, I enjoyed playing with everyone, meeting new people. They were all friendly. We And we always gave them our key, or I always gave them the key charger stickers. I think we're all running out now. We've handed out so many of them. So uh, keep spreading the word to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, we no, there's more stickers. They're just in a box. That's why we haven't yeah. put out an episode in a little bit. I had to move, or didn't have to move, but uh, you know, we, we bought a house and moved, and uh, I've been sick some. If if I'm trying to cut out all the coughs as much as I can, but uh, um, you may catch some in the. Sorry about the audio, but uh, yeah, we're we're in the middle of. I, I got to find the box. I know there's probably hundreds of stickers still, but I'm gonna look at that. Yeah, and I'll echo that. I think. Two, a couple things I want to touch on is, is you know, one, the community, and I don't know that I've been a part of a more relaxed but competitive community. Like, you can be competitive and not be a jerk. Yeah. 
and and I think that that's what I've found with the Keyforge community coming to these big events. And I've gone I've gone to big events for other for other card games, and and it just doesn't this just doesn't have a different feel about it. And so all of my opponents very nice, very gracious for uh, uh, you know being able to just play. And have fun, and I, I feel like that's important. And um, and then the other part of that too was, I think this weekend, I think there were cards that I may have overlooked, like Time War Eclipse. Well, I didn't realize how good that can actually be, and especially if you have it in multiples, where you're moving, you know, you've got a, and especially in sealed, where you know you you play or you get what you play, right? You may not have artifact control, you may not have board control. Um, and so, you know, for something like that, where, you know, you've got double time or eclipse and, and with, I think we've all seen this with worlds collide is boards can get out of control and sealed and being able to, you know, if you have, you know, four creatures and you can just time or eclipse something even useful for yourself. And then you are sending back, you know, four creatures off of the board for your opponent that are going to have to play again at some point after they draw into it. I think that's a card that I overlooked. And, and I also have like a newfound appre- appreciation for how you can have the same houses, but have them play differently. You know, in, in your Brobnar, Neil, your Brobnar was, you know, like you said, you're going to lose Amber. And and in James's, you didn't quite have that uh, power, but you still had, you know, it just worked in a different way. And, and that's, you know, another thing with, with Keyforge, you know, you can have the same houses, but have them operate in different ways. And I think I found a, a new appreciation for that over the weekend. And I, uh, it seemed like with, with Coda, it, you know, you had the same houses and they all played the same. And I feel like with Worlds Collide, it's, it's, it's quite a bit different for how that is. And I have a new appreciation for that. Well, I'll tell you what, what led me down the Kaimori clip road, and I'll tell you it's one of the reasons why I selected the deck. I mean, creature count was the ultimate reason. But when I saw the double Kaimori, I mean, it was almost like a little smile came over me because I'm like, I played one of our teammates, Joe, in just a random match waiting for some other thing to a team event to get done. Or I know I had a buy on Friday. I had that buy in our two-deck sealed survival, and I'm like, I gotta go find something to do. I'm like, Joe, you want to play a match? He had a double Ronnie, triple Kymore Eclipse deck. <laughs> and I got so sick and tired oh. <laughs> of Ronnie Kymore, double Ronnie Kymore. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So whenever I saw this one, when he even only has one Ronnie and two Kymores, um, there was a, a gentleman, I think it was in the second round, that literally said to me near the end of the match, how many times did you play Ronnie? He was like, I counted five. <laughs> <laughs> and I had barely made it into the second part of the deck, but I had happened to top deck the Kaimor again. And it was just like, sorry, man. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I can't help the shuffling, you know, but it was, you know, I, I kept playing Kaimor Ronnie near the end of the first shuffle. And so it was just getting shuffled into like three and four cards right back in, right back in. I was like, well, that's what it is. You know, I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool combo that I think, you know, especially in sealed, yeah. um, you don't see it coming. They call shadows. You think steel, you don't think steel, and you lose some board, and they lose some board, you know, they, they themselves lose board, but it's going to be board that's going to cripple you again, so. Yeah, I to build on that, I think uh, there are a few cards that have been continued on, like uh, Nature's Call, 
Hysteria and Chimor Clips, which are really, really powerful against the Saurian meta right now with all of their destroyed... Uh, Imperial Scudum. Right, Imperial Scudum, Perfectus Ludo, who the, um, the Amor goes to the supply, but if you bounce it to their hand, the destroyed effect doesn't actually go off, so you get the Amber, and I think that's really powerful to try and counteract the Saurians. Yeah, my my son learned that against me. The with uh, he played a Crassosaurus and captured like nine of my Amber and one of his, and I just Kaimor eclipsed it the next turn. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. It was Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, well, and, I, and and my last match of the the team seal today that we had. Uh, Dan, uh, who was my opponent, um, and, and I think this is probably what saved me the game because otherwise I think he wins. Was I? Uh, he had a, a, a wide board, and we both had kind of wide boards. But um, he had a couple creatures with a couple of Asorian creatures with uh, amber on it that he had exalted onto them uh, or captured at some point during the game. And uh, I was able to uh, hysteria everything back and get all of that amber. And so I went from like three or four amber to, I think, about 10, uh, wow. nine or 10, uh, uh, just off of that play. And that's what, I mean, that's what saved me the game. And so a uh, huge shout out to Dan. I, uh, he was, I mean, he's a listener of the podcast. Um, so I don't know if I should apologize for that or thank him, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, shout out to Dan. I, that for him too, and he had his kids with there, kids with him there, and that's what I like to see. You know, James, you bring your boys and um, to to the events, and and I think that's super cool to me. That you know, I, I don't know uh, that you know I have a daughter, and I don't know that this is her type of thing. But you know, if it was, then you know I would definitely want to bring her, and I, I love that too. Again, you have the family aspect of the game. Yeah, there was. A, a few families there, like the Dan and his two kids that we played against on the the sill. But there was also all Howard, the Howard from yeah Indiana. Howard from Indiana with his son, and then uh, there was another couple, uh, the Sparks. They were there with their son too, so they all played teams, and it was great to see. And I think we matched up against all of them on teams <laughs> in the last two days, so it was just a good time and. Nice seeing seeing family atmosphere and people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, what other game do you? And, and I don't know. There's probably one. I'm not thinking of the moment, but I can't think of one at the moment where you can do that. You can bring your son or daughter, you know, your your wife or your girlfriend to you know a team event like this and and have you know and play like that. <sighs> if only my wife would play Keyforge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's really cool. Like, having a team is great, and it's very supportive, and I, I love that about our team. But even more, if you have, uh, like, brothers or sons, and it's really fun this this week. Uh, just having people support you, that's really nice. Um, yeah. Cool, you know, and the one thing I'll give a last shout-out, I, I don't know if it's happened yet, but, I mean, me and my son made day two. This is the second time. Uh, that we made bit day two together. We did it at Adepticon as well, um, which is, you know, completely different set. Many, many rule erratas ago, um, <laughs> you know, um, so I think it was uh, pretty cool. It's a pretty cool atmosphere to be in as well. You know, I, I don't like seeing him lose. I, it was like a nervous wreck, wanting to pace back and forth watching him. I know James has felt that kind of feeling as well. 
Um, it, it, that is one of the roughest things in the world is watching your son, especially today was rough because, you know, I was able to kind of look at either player's hand and, and that's, uh, that's always kind of rough seeing uh, what's going on there. So, yeah, I, I mean, after that match and I saw you go up and you give him a hug that like, like, I don't, I don't know me. I kind of can so consider myself a manly man, but I may have shed a little bit of a tear there because that was, you know, it was a touching moment to see yeah. after, you know, after that match, you know, to, to go up and give him a hug. And I thought that was super cool. And I, if it means anything, Justin, I think you are a manly man. <laughs> <laughs> We're if men. Any, if, if it means anything, we'll give you a hug too if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's been one of my favorite parts of playing this game. Uh, I, I think, uh, as Isaac said, we had played Dice Masters before and we played... Star Wars Destiny, but I feel like for the first time, uh, we're able to really be uh, in this together. And, and part of that is the, the formatting of the game where you can just hand uh, a deck to somebody. Uh, that's that's really great. But uh, also being able to compete with one another. Like I said, I was really thankful that uh, Yeti, who, by the way, did a fantastic job this weekend, uh, probably one of the best events I've ever been to. Uh, how they were willing and able to lock down our seats so that I got to sit next to my nine-year-old Abram the entire vault tour. That was really uh, something that was uh, really great for me. Uh, and and I knew that uh, Isaac and Eli, who have both participated in Top Cut, other events, would be okay by themselves, but it was really great to experience that together. Uh, so I am thankful uh, for that opportunity. And again, thankful for Yeti. They did a fantastic job this weekend. Really appreciate them and what they do and putting this stuff together. Uh, the hard work they've done, especially since their contract and all that kind of stuff was kind of a quick turnover from Collinsville. And that event was great. And uh, from what I hear, having, not having been able to go to all of them since then, uh, they've just been doing a great job the whole time. So thank, shout out to Yeti for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. They were great in Richmond also, like you said, Collinsville. And I believe Neil said... I don't know how Vegas was run. I wasn't there, but man, I'm gonna tell you, Vegas was was my favorite venue. Um, obviously, it's a little easier to get to the one in Indianapolis, but uh, you know, to be on the 13th floor or 14th floor, 12th floor, whatever floor we were on, downtown <laughs> Fremont Street, you know, uh, you know, to be able to have that venue, you have a patio to go out to, you have gigantic TV screens. One of them on day two is the stream up on there so you could be playing in a team event or a side event and actually glancing up and seeing what nice. the matches were. That's cool. Um, you know, and, and catching or not catching, shuffling problems um, <laughs> during that event. Right, but I, I think uh, I think the uh, Yeti actually mentioned that they're working on getting TV screens for FFG to put in for the Vault Tours. Uh, not, not, I don't think necessarily for streaming, but for like a match pairings and stuff so it's we can just look at the screen and see our pairings which would be so much nicer than standing in a big crowd of people <laughs> waiting for everyone just to get get their pairing and then head off but yeah I, I this was my first vault tour since gen con and i was you know walking back to to grab my stuff today after you know we had wrapped up with the team event and the day was over and they were cleaning up and I had come across Dave Duncan, who was just walking around, just cleaning things up, and, and I shook his hand, and I told him thank you, because 
my last vault tour experience was Gen Con, and that was a pretty rough experience. And I know Niels said, I've, I've asked him uh, flat out, you know, how were these events, or how, the, how was the event? You know, every single one he's gone to, how was the event? How was the event? And every one he said was has been smooth, and, and I got to experience that myself today. And so, yeah. Super shout out to, to Yeti um, and what they're doing with the vault tours. Um, it just just an amazing job at the, uh, for, for, for what they're doing. And this is the biggest one since Gen Con, people wise. 166 people signed up uh, you know, for day one. That was pretty fantastic. I think that's more than was at Origins. 192, I think, between the two days. Pretty close to it. It was 90-something each day, or 97, 96. It was something like that. Each day was about even. I think there's a lot of people that came to Friday hoping it was going to be smaller than Saturday, and it didn't work out that way. (laughs) Okay, welcome back to the Key Chargers. We're going to wrap it up fairly quick. We know this episode's a little long tonight, trying to squeeze in all the info that we can give you guys on the recap of the Vault Tour. Once again, I think we'd like to say, uh, you know, congratulations to our fellow teammates and the other people we played against. And, you know, and I think also, once again, I, I want to say it again. I don't think we can almost say it enough. Yeti puts on a fantastic tournament. Yes. I mean, it, is, it is amazing. I mean, and so approachable, which was very, mm-hmm. very a 180 from before. Um, this is super approachable, super friendly, super open about everything. I mean, we had product dropped off today that I bought from somebody boxes of stuff and they allowed me to keep it behind the counter since we were playing an event so you know I didn't have to think about it walking off so I mean things that they'll do for just I, I watched them help you know people make sure they get set up with a little spot to knit and crochet because they were somebody's yeah. wife I mean you know this the things that they're doing to go out of the way that they don't have to you know during the events allowing you know fathers and sons or sons that are really young to be able to sit next to each other uh, to keep an eye on things, you know, while they're playing and stuff. I, I think that's all awesome. We do want to address one thing as a team uh, before the end of the podcast. Uh, we did have an incident uh, with uh, one of our our members this weekend. Um, we're not going to address a whole lot of it publicly at this moment until, you know, we know a little bit more of exactly um, what's going to happen. Um, but uh, we did have a member DQ'd for something that we will apologize openly here. We've done it privately to Ryan and Vince and Denise of Yeti. Um, so, you know, we're sorry something like that happened. Um, so Ryan, or as a lot of people know him as the Wookiee, um, you know, this this incident happened um, at the end of day one. And, um, you know, we, we are sorry as a team. We are taking steps to address what we think is necessary, and I'm sure we will release something on what we're going to do going forward soon. Um, but, uh, you know, at this time, we're not going to make any other comments on it. Other than we're, we got to give it at least a day to breathe and get away from the vault tour for a day uh, before we can kind of make a final decision and uh, say something publicly. So, welcome to the new members. Oh, that's true. We do got to welcome somebody aboard. So you guys know, I mean, you guys can say yeah. it too. So, uh, welcome to Ross, who unfortunately had to leave uh, day one after the second round for a family issue, and his deck was just gross, and I'm pretty sure he would have made day two with it. Uh, and also, welcome to Jordan, uh, both local Indiana guys, Indianapolis, I think. And uh, just welcome to the team. We're glad you're with us and hope, hope you enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Welcome aboard. For one weekend, I have a, a local event. We're skipping it. 
<laughs> all right we'll catch up with some of that next week maybe we'll do a little bit more extended we do have a couple episodes that will come out there is a whole entire recap episode from last week at the prime in louisville that is not yet to come out um that'll be out just before you watch this one so listen to this one so we we appreciate you listening to two in a very short amount of time sorry it's been you know a, a short hop skip and a jump here you know due to moving sickness vault tour everything else going on so um hopefully come back and listen to us and i will not miss out before the end of the episode we do have an upcoming event saturday at the prime in lamont illinois it is a three deck sealed survival solo so you open three just like the vault tour choose one and play it for the prime yeah so three deck sealed solo um, choose one. I, I did talk to Fran, who I think has some, quite a bit of information um, about. Uh, I think a lot of people know her as Lady Caffeina on the Sanctimonious Discord. Um, I talked to her quite a bit. I opened my deck sitting right next to her significant other, um, um, Daniel, I believe is his name, um, uh, whenever we were opening decks. Um, but he, uh, but I, I was talking to her, and I guess there's going to be some events for people that you know want to drop because they, you know, maybe they lost two or three matches and know they're not going to make the, the cut that they're going to do like a, a survival pool for the decks that you didn't choose and do some more side prizes. So that's kind of fun for, for having something to do while everybody's still playing and you're, you're kind of out of it. Maybe you want to try to win doing something else. So especially with the drive there and back, yeah. have to wait on your, your car pools. And other than uh, my Sooners tried to give me a heart attack last night, uh, late after the vault tour, trying to blow a 21-point lead. I think we saw a stat while me and Justin were watching. They are 184-0 in leading by 21 at halftime. They had never lost. It was 42-41, um, squeaking it out. I'll say that last play was pass interference, but they didn't fly, <laughs> so I don't care. And for all of the smack that you were talking about, the referees, the Big 12 referees prior to that play. <laughs> they heard. It must have heard. And we're like, no, I can't offend Neil. Uh, <laughs> that, I'm sure that was true. I'm sure. Right? He said no one ever. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Precisely. Um, and uh, congrats to Ryan. He's an enormous LSU fan. That was a heck of a win yesterday for uh, LSU over the hated Tide. So, roll Eagle. <laughs> War Tide. And that, that's enough of your college football recap. <laughs> we will see you guys next time. Later. See you Bye, guys. guys. Bye. <laughs> 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 I literally picked up that. <laughs> Toot. <laughs> and now we'll sing the opening song. Let's talk about decks, baby. Doody fruity. Sorry, Isaac. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We're all a little tired. James so is like, like, Isaac's never coming back to this. <laughs> 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 <laughs>